The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. Hey, guess what? Today, September 18th, is my birthday. I won't say how old I am, but uh, I'm getting where I can uh, collect some things from the government. (laughs) We are moving along chapter by chapter through my book, The Savage Path, a memoir of modern masculinity, with different special guests each week. Today, we're covering chapter three, titled The Significance of Ceremony. And if you want to learn more about the book or order a copy, just visit my website at www.com thesavagepath.com. I've reduced the price of both the paperback and the Kindle version while we promote the book through this series on the show. So I chose to put a study guide with scripture references on each chapter's topic and a few discussion questions in the back to make it a good resource for men's small group. We'll be using those questions and a few anecdotes or excerpts from the chapter to cover each of the topics with my guests to provide an example conversation for you, our listeners. My guest today has a long history of involvement with youth groups and young men as a ministry leader for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Organization, the Faith Bridge Youth Ministry Program, and serving on the Board of Trustees for Klein Independent School District since 2009, where he's currently president of that board. He is a fellow Texas A&M graduate and has been going through the study guide in a small group himself for several months now. So, Ronnie Anderson, welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thank you so much, David. Uh, this is really neat. It's uh, it's very rare to 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 get to talk about uh, a Bible study, you know, group and output and program outside of just a handful of people. So it was it, while it was fun to uh, and intimate to go through it with a handful of of, of close friends in a Bible study setting. Um, it's great now to to reach a broader audience and and dive a little bit deeper with um, with what the Savage Path ha- has to offer. Well, I'm I'm just glad that someone actually used the study guide because I didn't know <laughs> if, if anyone was or not. But when you self-publish, you get to add little bonuses in there like that. So, so Ryan, why don't you help our audience learn a little bit more about your background and passion for developing young men and perhaps share a little bit about your coaching background and involvement with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes? Sure thing. Um, you know, when we got – my wife and I got engaged, you know, her first, her first words were, you know, we got to – when we settled on church, it's like, we got to get involved in this church. I was like, what do you mean get involved? I'm just going to sit back here and absorb. So, um, I mean, it didn't take long for God to nudge us and get invited to, into youth ministry. You know, without kids, uh, young 20s, uh, we had no idea what that was all about. But we dove in, participated, learned, were mentored very well. It was involved with junior high and senior high um, men and women. Uh, I was around the boys, she's around the girls and it launched there and it just seemed like you fast forward 27 years and God puts you in the places where he wants you. And I never, looking back, I've never taken count of, of where he's placed me until I had to rerun for one of my elections. And someone asked me to kind of recount all the, the youth activities I've done and, and 
I thought it was only one or two things, and then I looked down and made a list, and it was 27 years of youth ministry from starting at, at that church at John Wesley for several years into leading youth Bible studies, youth groups, mentoring kids, and moved on into FaithBridge uh, youth ministry at our church. And it has evolved into coaching numerous teams around my both my boys' ages and being sponsored by Fellowship of Christian Athletes and just taking the tools that they gave and teaching the boys to to be competitive and using their, their God gifts, but at the same time doing everything I could to teach them to be young men um, and building integrity around their lives and not falling into the ways of the world, uh, especially with everything is so right here right now for, for kids, especially boys. Uh, there's, there's so many things that males are set up for failure that they just don't they don't know about that line that's prowling out there and so that just mm-hmm. evolved all the way up until all these kids went off to college and and still uh, through high, through their high school years and then into college still mentoring and being with them and now in, in, in Bible studies and so twenty seven years of of doing my best to fill them up with God's word has just been um, just a fun amazing path. Well, I'm sure you're seeing a lot of that fruit now too uh, that they're young adult men and you're just proud of uh, the little part you know you played and that's that's always cool and i think that consistency of being there i think you told me that you know you would start like with the ninth grade and you'd, you'd basically be with them all through high school yeah with uh, lots of groups started at sixth grade all the way through high school and then turned around and didn't uh, and the next group just came right on through and and it was just you you get more out of them than they get out of you that's what i like to say but um, it's nice when the parents come or the kids come at a later date and you know either ask me to marry them or the parents thank me for, you know, something. Uh, you actually even their... conducted some marriage ceremonies. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, real cool. Well, chapter three of my book focuses on the significance of ceremony, speaking of marriage. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that today we've lost the reverence for many things that still deserve it. Uh, everything's kind of got to be quick and superficial and on the phone. And, you know, from uh, from casual dress uh, and coffee cups in church to honoring veterans or, or funeral motorcade courtesy, we do little to honor, recognize, or revere key milestones in our modern lives. So let me let me read an excerpt from this chapter in my book about a ceremony that had a very big impact on me on age 11. So I'm age 11, you know, my first summer at Boy Scout camp, and this was the induction ceremony for Order of the Arrow, an honor organization within the Boy Scouts whose motto is the, the Brotherhood of Cheerful Service. So I'll just start here. We were told to put on our dress uniforms and conduct ourselves very formally for this ceremony with absolutely no talking. Each troop formed a single file line from their camp and quietly marched toward a distant, slow drumbeat to a torch-lit area down near the river where we had not seen previously. The heat of the day had passed as one of the blessings regarding the low humidity of West Texas was the rapid fall in temperatures as soon as the sun went down. I was taking it all in for the very first time, observing full and elaborate Indian costumes on the older teenage boys solemnly pounding the tom-tom. The remnants of daylight allowed for a good view of the scene as we were all placed in a very large circle around an enormous six-foot log cabin structured campfire that had yet to be lighted. The Indians who held the torches had stern expressions, staring down those who dared to make eye contact. All of them had war paint on their faces with mostly red and yellow colors. Most had only a single feather with a leather headband, but one impressive chief had a full headdress presiding near the campfire logs. In the distance, we heard chanting or some kind of slow Indian song. It was coming from the river. 
As the dusk light fell, a chorus of frogs began to croak along a large, shallow area of lily pads near the bank. Seemingly in perfect unison with the approaching canoes and growing volume of the Indian chant, more and more frogs began to join the chorus in a crescendo of croaking louder than I'd ever heard before. It seemed like thousands of frogs were conscripted into this special ceremony, and the hair began to rise on the back of my neck as I saw, about 100 yards up the river, slowly paddling toward us, a muscular medicine man standing in a canoe with a paddler behind him and a torchbearer in front of him. As they approached, we could make out more of his spectacular costume. His face was fully painted blue on one half, white on the other half. He had a huge headdress with curved ram's horns on both sides of a white wool or goat hair skull cap that had red fox furs dangling down like earrings on both sides of his face. He had no shirt on, only breechcloth covered his lower body in front and behind. He had a blue sun with white rays painted on his chest and leather straps with bells on both biceps and calves. As the canoe slowly pulled along the bank, the other Indians rushed in to hold it steady as he stepped out onto the riverbank. He wore beaded moccasins on his feet, and in one hand he held a huge bull snake with several coils around his forehand. In the other hand, he held a large gourd rattle, and as the tom-tom pounded and the frog sang, crickets began to chirp in behind us, to add to the cacophony of otherwise silent setting. The chanting had stopped once the medicine man stepped from the canoe, and I'm sure many mouths were agape as the first-timers, like me, drank in the scene. None of us knew what was going to happen next. The suspense was tremendous. So I tried to paint a real good word picture and because I remember it so vividly. So these ceremonies are so important, and, and they have big impact on us. Ronnie, how did just reading the segment from the book when you read it make you feel the first time that you read it? Goodness. It, um, I mean, it felt like I was reading about one of David's battles in the Bible. <laughs> it was about, I mean, it really, <clears throat> even not even at age 11, but at my age reading that, you know, that hit every single sense. You know, physical, the the uniform, all the way to the sights, the sounds, the smells. Everything, you know, and as males, we're visual learners, and that's the way we're wired. It's, you know, tell me the way, and then show me the way, and then I'll emulate it. Uh, that's really how a lot most males are, are wired. And so, at reading that, as I put myself in the place of eleven year old, is how the reverent the reverence of that ceremony that you've got that many eleven year olds lined up, and there's no snickering, there's no talking, chatting, giggling, it's all of a sudden, hey, snap out of it, put away the things, put away the things of the past and move forward with the new mm-hmm. is what just screams at that at that moment. I can just only imagine as, as y'all walked away from that moment, you were you were changed and put into it. It was. It was really. Place. And I was like, man, how do I get in this special honor organization? Um, so in the study guide in the back of the book, I reference scripture to frame small group discussions, you know, for each chapter. And for chapter three, it is Matthew uh, three verses 16 and 17, another significant ceremony for Christ. Uh, After his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water. The heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son and I am fully pleased with him. So Ronnie, can, can you recall a time when you experienced a special ceremony of some kind and the impact that it had on you? Absolutely. You know, just just reading that 
it's just the profoundness of John baptizing Jesus in Jesus' name is 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 crazy, but uh, neat. Um, absolutely. And as I teach youth, the choices you make um, set your trajectory, and especially two of those. You know, marriage sets you on a trajectory where you're you become biblically responsible for another, uh, to and to lead a household uh, in Jesus' name, and of course baptism. Uh, you're making another choice there that sets uh, <laughs> a very black and white trajectory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, both of those absolutely stand out in what the responsibilities that come along with, with both. So what made uh, your ceremony feel so memorable, either your marriage ceremony or I don't know how old you were when you were baptized, if you recall. But Yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, both. It was important at our marriage to have everyone – be a part of the Lord's prayer with us. So we had everyone say it with us. And to, for us, we took that, that commitment seriously. And we wanted, we wanted everyone there to take that with us. So we knew when we left there, um, you know, we're, we're, we're stuck with each other you right, know, for, right. forever. This is it. Uh, that's it. And, and then with baptism, my wife and I were both baptized younger when, you know, as, as kind of more of tradition says. And so we both, as we, progress through learning more about the Bible, getting more involved, and seeing the impact of the choices we make and the life we live in the wake of our decisions around all these youth that are around us all the time, um, we want to take that step together. And so we got baptized together. And that's also a great way to keep each other accountable. As iron, sharpen, iron shop, sharpens iron, um, you know, she's certainly been a sharp iron in my life, but at the same time, those ceremonies are you know, lines in the sand. Right. Right. I had a, a significant ceremony for baptism. I said it was a rededication, but, you know, we went with uh, Dr. Ed Young, our, our pastor at the time from Second Baptist Church to Israel and uh, were baptized in the Jordan River at Yardinet, which was the same place where Jesus was baptized. Mm. And that was so significant. You know, the water was so cold. It was literally breathtaking. <laughs> and uh, so... You know, this show is called Wrestling with the Inner Man, and I'm really trying to reach, you know, like the 20 to 40-year-old adolescents if they're listening uh, to the radio show or podcast. And I think that there's a big struggle, you know, with uh, defining manhood. You know, we have gender dysphoria going on. We have all these other things that are really kind of tearing at young men today in any kind of a sound definition Can you describe a specific time when you became a man? You know, was there something where you thought, okay, I— this event happened, and now I know I'm a man. Yeah, and it's um, and it's a daily event. Uh, you know, when we, when my wife, when Tracy and I got involved in church, I've I've felt it upon me. You know, the Holy Spirit just, you know, putting it on me that, I, you know, to continue to lead my family to go to church, be present, be involved, be real, uh, bring others to to. Jesus saving grace, but at the same time, laying down a path that we know eventually our kids will need to follow. And so that being on my shoulders that I can't fall into, well, it's so easy to sleep in. It's so easy to skip this night of Bible study. It's so easy to do this or that. It's so easy to do so many other things. And like your, you know, the savage path, the, you know, the path is narrow and it's not an easy path. And where becoming a man isn't you know, how many lift weights you lift or how, you know, being a CEO of a company, it's being 
a godly CEO of your family and right. leading your wife, leading your kids in, into the ways that, you know, Proverbs tells us all the way through. And so that that's where we made that commitment together. It just, it fell on me as, okay, this is a daily, this is a daily path that I have to take. Um, not just a one-time box check. Hey, I'm, I'm there, I'm done. Everything else can fall into place. This is no, it's every day you have to follow through from the next day and so on. I like that. I mean, I think that is true because our decisions to accept responsibility are every day and you can be passive. And I think that's really kind of the pandemic that we're really talking Mm -hmm. about is just this passivity of not accepting responsibility, you know, on a a daily basis. Um, So as you have uh, worked with many young men over the years, especially recently, do you find that they truly wrestle with their own concept of manhood today? You know, is anyone teaching them a biblical definition today? Or offering their own life as a model. Of course, you know, I think you're doing that yourself. But uh, as, as you encounter them the first time, how are they coming to you? Some of them, it, it's all over the board. Uh, it's different, I guess, when I grew up where it was just, you know, a tradition. Everyone, you know, went to church and mm-hmm. you did your Bible Bible studies, or at least that's the, the way it seemed growing up. But I get kids that come with all spectrums of where they are in their faith from Never have opened a Bible to uh, those who are are very comfortable praying praying in front of the rest of the kids. So I have to make it to where each one of them is is uh, is communicated at their point of need. And the tough thing with young men right now is that with social media, uh, acceptance is always right here, right now. Right. And so it's it's hard to wrestle with the long term the long-term fruit and benefits and salvation of faith versus the worldly battle of their approval being sought and gained on social media, which is if I post this, then everyone's going to like me. Right. You know, and then it starts over the next day. Oh, I have to be liked again. Right. And so on. So there's a, there's a battle there. And that really took a lot of, took a hold of a lot of our conversations about what, you know what stakes are you putting in the in the ground now that are going to give you fruit later in life you know what you're posting now is going to create and produce some sort of fruit is it going to be good fruit or bad fruit and then versus what does you know the fruit of the spirit in galatians have for you if you follow those mm-hmm. well how about the relationship with their fathers does anyone receive a father's blessings in, anymore you know uh, and what impact do you think it might have if they did Sure. I think that there's there's more of a disconnect in the traditional fatherly blessing these days. Um, I hate I hate saying that and seeing it, but I've I've come across a number of there's a great number of parents who are so thrilled and love that we we dive in and we we learn the Bible and teach it to the boys, and there's a you know a subset of parents who are just or more of, hey, you know, that's the night they take care of the whole Bible thing. I'll let I'll let them figure it out. We're just kind of going to go about our own business, and that's kind of a minority. But um, it's it's tough with broken fo- broken homes, broken families more frequently, and the social media. There's a there's a pile of things that are on these kids that were different than when I was a kid. Right. And so the, that fatherly blessing. 
I see a lot of fathers wanting to be more of their child's friend than parent. Right. And the that's pal. T- and yeah. that's tough. Um, but at the same time, as you see a kid progress through Bible study, they're bringing that fruit home. And it's my prayer. And there are you know good stories of how that has strengthened their relationship with their parents from mm-hmm. from the child walking and talking a certain way. Well, you've been involved with some pretty uh, select athletes too, right? And, and I think I've heard a lot of stories about, you know, the dad uh, or the mom, you know, trying to live out their life vicariously through their children, you know, in athletics. And so uh, a boy goes out and he, you know, he throws a great game of baseball or, you know, he makes certain points and then all he hears is what he didn't do right, you know, from his dad. It's like, oh, well, you, you know, you didn't get this guy, you know, and they're really like, good grief. Can I get, you know, some kind of <laughs> approval? And I think that's so important. I, uh, I told a story, and I took two of my sons, I have three sons, to this Christ in the Tetons. Uh, it's a one-week camp. It's a father-son adventure. It was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It was really special. And then they didn't tell us that we were going to have to do this you know, at the time. But then at, at breakfast, at like the, they said, hey, tomorrow morning, Ronnie, you're going to have to give the Father's blessing to your son. And they didn't want us preparing you know, or competing you know, on who could give the, the best words. But they said, you just say... I love you because I think you have what it takes to be a man because, and I'm proud of you because, and, and to see that happen between these fathers and sons of many ages was incredible. It was like watching somebody just be pumped up, you know, and I think that's a simple thing to do, but man, the power of it is tremendous and and the power of ceremony. So any final thoughts or suggestions to young men out there listening, you know, to the program? Sure. It's continue to, to dive into the Bible and 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 take that take that time to separate yourself away from the world and and push push your faith push push your understanding as much as possible. The sacrifice we would make at night with our boys growing up is get to bed. But when we get to bed, our ceremony was you know every night we would tell them you know may the Lord bless you and keep you may he put his shine his face upon you. And, and so we'd read that to them, tell that to them every night before they close their eyes and have prayer time and have story time and just make that to where that's ingrained in them so that they wake up fresh and renewed with that as the last thing they, they heard at night. And so my words to these to young men now is, you know, stay on that narrow path that God has put for us. It's there for a reason. And don't get so caught up in the right here, right now that eternity is going to outlive right here right now <laughs> right right the, the likes that you get on on social media well i want to uh thank someone who's been a special person for us and that's uh mike kinney and prism specialties his company they're the sponsor of our show they're in the restoration business which makes them the perfect sponsor for our mission uh call them to restore electronics fabrics artwork or, or even documents uh, when you have uh, problems floods lightning strikes and if you got any questions about the program email us at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com to offer input, suggestions, or provide feedback on this or any of our programs. So, uh, Ronnie, thanks for being with us today, and let me let me close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for fathers. We thank you for volunteers who teach and can help fill in the space where some families today don't have a father in the home, and those are coaches and Bible study teachers and pastors and uh, volunteers in many forms, and we just ask you to bless them and uh, and to help young men understand to reject passivity, to accept responsibility, to lead courageously, and to live their life for 
the great reward, and that's God's reward. And that's the biblical definition of manhood that was provided by Robert Lewis in his book. And I just ask that you would help uh, all young men to uh, accept that responsibility and reject that passivity. And, and, and for fathers and adults to seek opportunities to have special ceremonies that will last a lifetime in the memories of these young men like I had when I was 11 years old at Boy Scout Camp in West Texas. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man. With David Savage, we believe the winners in this ring. Courageously follow God's word. Love and protect God's woman. Excel at God's work. Batters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestling with the inner man at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.